$155 million wonderland. As if by magic, 1,216 acres of wasteland have been transformed into the most stupendous exposition the world has ever known. Ladies and gentlemen, you are about to witness the most excitingly different new concept in the history of television. So you see, so all of you who are living in the year 2000 are fortunate. I think it was back in 1944, wasn't it? That's the most remarkable thing I've ever seen. You can get this delicious beverage here. Oh, let's do 90s riffs. Oh, who am I? Mmm, the Bible. Mmm. <laughs> Cheeseburgers. Uh, ooh, 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 I know, I know. S uh, say Sam one Jackson. more time. Yeah. <laughs> what is this? Pulp Fiction. Yeah, yeah. Was that your first 90s movie? Was that your first, uh, like, adult mm. live action movie? Not adult film. No. But, so, like, you know what I mean. I'm going <laughs> to... We're talking starring or just viewership? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> now, so, actually, what I think qualifies for my first... I'm going to call it live action. It's the Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles movie from, like, 90. I okay. love that movie. I think it's it's a masterpiece. For me, it was Terminator 2 Judgment Day. I saw it in theaters, and me I was too. four years old. Four, I was going to say, you couldn't have been more than... Well, you were probably like... What? No, I was four years old. Okay. Uh, this My mother brought me to Terminator 2 Judgment Day in theaters at four years old. Wow, what were the repercussions and ramifications? How are you now, Pete? You feeling good? <laughs> In this moment, and then take us back. <laughs> this is now. I used to bug my mom a lot because I would watch a lot of TV because the TV was my best friend. Like, and uh, uh, still yeah, movie. and my mom Cable was doing guy. a lot of chores and working and all that stuff, and so was my dad. And, and and like so, a lot of the time there was like TV time with grandparents and grandparents' neighbors who had cable, like Nickelodeon and stuff. But I would always see on like normal broadcast television these different uh trailers and at the time it was like alien 3 and and, okay. and eventually terminator 2 and i went to, oh i want to go i want to go i want to go and finally my mom's like fine you want to go i'll fix you you'll never ask to take oh, you'll never ask me to take you to a movie again oh, like so that. this is the old go ahead smoke the whole pack yeah this is the smoke the whole pack trick so you take a four-year-old to see the Terminator the liquid, Two Judgment side, Day, the like liquid with metal the atom bomb with scene with her holding the chain link. Oh yeah, no, I was traumatized by that. Like that, that stuff There's did no give me nightmares. A child has no context for this. This is what we talked about last week. It's like the same thing. Even if you're 30 when you saw Star Wars or whatever, it was like wow. Yes. But you're four. Yeah. And James Cameron was doing stuff in, in yeah, was that 92? Yeah. No one's seen that stuff, especially no. not a four-year-old. Yeah, and you got to remember the original Terminator movie is based off of a uh, a feverish nightmare dream he had while he had food poisoning in Italy. Ooh. Do you know what the meal was? Um, it wasn't spaghetti, Ooh. I'm assuming. Because if it was, then I, I think he would have had less of a chance of food poisoning if it was spaghetti. It, it depends on the sauce. Yeah, maybe some bad peppers and an arabita or something. I don't know. What about the evil grocery store we used to work at? What do you think they would have said? At what point are we going to reveal? Never. Never. I will never speak their name on this show. Can we speak about, um, there's like one of three world leaders that we could be talking about. No. Um, do you think he listens? It used to be 12. Now there are only three in the room of the Illuminati. Now, um... <laughs> It's taking me nightmares. Don't just to, bite. Before we go off on this weird tangent, I have to stop us so I can finish the story. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. What ends up happening is I end up falling in love with movies. Because of T2. Yeah. So I walk out of the movie theater and my mother goes, So what did you think? And I said, I think I want to make movies. Really? That is this exactly, is not exactly that is not made up that is exactly what i said at four years old yeah that's now, when i fell in love Pete, we gotta get was you that an moment like even as terrifying as it was and everything i knew deep down i knew it was a magic trick i knew it wasn't real because the like there, there was no way that stuff was actually happening that they would show that to people it, even at four i understood okay, that now i'm not advocating for four-year-olds to ever see that movie don't ever do that to your kid don't ever let a six-year-old play Doom either. Ooh. Yeah, I think I talked about one of the episodes my dad showing us Leprechaun, and my brother was like two or three. And um, 
What's up, Todd? Yeah, for my sister, it was Anaconda with Jennifer Lopez and John Oh, Boyd. the nice. John Voight throat scene with the pen. Oh, and Tony, is that Tony Lope? thought when the snake ate John Voight, she thought that was the most hilarious Spoiler. thing she'd ever seen. I was shaking in the seat. That film affected me worse than wow. her, and she thought it was great. Anaconda, that's... She I went on to love horror that. for that was, many, uh, many years. She would grow up to watch, like, Child's Play, like, like two, three, four of the Child's Play movies uh, of Session 9. She, like, exposed me to all this, like, indie horror stuff during, like, the early DVD scene of the early 2000s. It was actually really, really cool. Like, she fell in love with horror. Um, yeah, I've tried. Tried to dig it, horror, as a genre. It's tough. Yeah, it can be tough. It's very, very extreme. Uh, but I mean, a lot of the '90s was about extremes, you know. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking extremely cool, I just came to mind my experience similar to yours with Space Jam, and uh, I, I told N- no, no, that's nowhere close to no. I'm no, going to no, stop no, no. you right there. You cannot. Ex- no, no, no. I probably told my parents that I wanted to. That to, I'm going to go to the NBA after I saw that. Except, oh, the, okay. I was going to say you can't face. compare the ex- the cinematic no, experience no, no, of Terminator no, no. 2 I'm, to Space I'm, Jam because there's no way there were no, scenes that gave I you would, nightmares. And those mo- well, maybe the monsters did. Uh, the monsters, um, but you didn't see any of them holding a chain link fence, catching fire, going. No, any any nightmares from Space Jam are because of the subliminal advertising in it. That movie is a. I didn't realize it till seeing the more recent the the, the LeBron one uh, like a month ago, and it's just it's a super commercial. But when you're a kid, like that's what the original Space Jam was. You just didn't care. It was like cool Michael Jordan, Bugs Bunny, but now it's apparent, so apparent to me that these movies are just like. Seeding uh, the next generation for uh, consumption of uh, yeah, but yeah, Space Jam made me. I remember going in the garage after seeing that. We went to the uh, the King and Queen in um in uh, not King of Prussia in a Plymouth meeting. There, I came home and we had like those metal trash cans. My dad had it in the garage, like you would have in a classroom. I set it up and I had a little soccer ball and I was dribbling back and forth and I was trying to figure out how to play basketball because I had never done it, but this movie made me a basketball fan. Uh, at that point, I would only watch like hockey and baseball, little, little, little league guy. So I don't know, Space Jam versus T2. I'm going to leave that to the, the G Film Army. What movie has more cultural purchase? Oh, man. That's whatever that could go either way. And hi, everybody. Welcome to Gorilla Film History Now. I'm Pete. And I'm Mark. This is a show where two film nerds reminisce about their childhood because now we're in an era where we actually existed. We were their baby. I was in front row for Lion King, terrified and and traumatized. Oh, yeah, no. I went to Mortal Kombat like four times when I was in theaters. Those were $500 sunglasses. (laughs) I feel like... That's my Yo, favorite line from the movie. I was gonna say, I'm not I, the new one. I haven't seen. Well, I've seen like parts of the new one. I haven't seen the whole thing yet. I steal my sunglasses. It's hard too when you have kids from Target. Yeah. <laughs> um, people, if you if there's pocket sized things at stores, you just put it in your pocket. No what are you stop talking you. about? Oh, I'm advocating for shoplifting. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> um. And, oh, I'm in the wrong podcast. It's a Bill Hicks joke. He's like, oh, wrong meeting. <laughs> <laughs> that was for the Teamsters under the bridge on Wednesdays. How did it? <laughs> um, uh, speaking of plugs, do you have anything to plug this week? Um, yeah. So as always, I'm uh, at Instagram. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Mark Renault. That's M-A-R-C. I don't think I uh, mentioned that before. There's some controversy around that name, but M-A-R-C-R-U-B-E-N-D-A-L-L. I am also at Right Brain Studios. And from there, you can find the Bard podcast short film Instagram page. And you're going to want to check that out. Give it a follow because we have some big news on the way in the next month or so. So stay tuned for that. What about you, Pete? Uh, You'll be able to find uh, my writing over at dorkdaily.com. I'm your gamer dad. Gamer Uh, daddy. And we need more writers, okay? We really, really do. We need you to submit to dorkdaily.com. Reach out to us any way you can. Find us on Facebook, the Dork Daily community page. Uh, It's a great community. Come on over. We'd love to have you. And then up next, we have a little uh, message over from Michael at Micro Break Podcast. Take it away, Michael. 
Hello, friends. This is Michael J. Mayone, the host of Micro Break, the podcast for humans with the attention span of a goldfish. Join me each week as I share my thoughts, wisdom, and humor on a wide range of topics, all delivered unscripted and loosely edited. You never know what you're going to hear, but you can be sure it'll be honest. Streaming right now on your favorite podcast player. All right. Thanks a lot, Mike. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. I'm going to call you Mike if that's okay. Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> We're covering, that's the nice thing about uh, co-hosts. We, we can cover both bases. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. I'm going to go with Michael because I feel like it, I'm talking to Michael Colleone when I say that. Oh, okay. Well, you got to, yeah, you put some respect on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> My, Michael, the man's if, if from that's Jersey, how you Give him some yourself. respect. What's that? The man's from Jersey. Give him some respect. He's part of the tri-state region, man. Yeah, no, I mean, unfortunately, I am too. And, uh, again, I'm now residing in Delaware, which is not a real state. Um, your maps lie to you. Your government absolutely lies to you. And your president's from the fake state of Delaware. Um, just look into it, all right? Why is there no cell service? Is it a... They just blacked it out because, you know, Joe Biden, he's... I'm sure he wears a tinfoil hat. He comes home, he gets hungry for a Freddy's burger. It's the last thing he remembered enjoying before his soul got sucked out of his nose. Freddy's is so new. (laughs) Um, It's so southern and it just came to our area. Now all of a sudden we're like, oh yeah, no, it's like Wawa. No, it's not. It's not like Wawa. Wawa's like Wawa. Yeah, uh, we are, yes... Wawa reach out PJ's to us. PJ's has more of a, a, a longevity in our area than Freddy's does at this curve. But Freddy's is fantastic. I it's love Freddy's. the best burger. My brother, who... they I, have, a, I mean, You know what I like? They have a real veggie burger that my stepdaughter will eat for real. What's that? They um, have a veggie burger option. Oh, so when they mow the grass, they'll just collect the... Oh, no, it's the, actually like a veggie the, patty. Like, it's legit. Like, it's like a Dr. Prager's. Like it's like that legit. It's actually really cool. So if you're if you're a kid or a person that likes like seeing the real veggies in the burger and not like the fake meat veggie burger, they have the like real veggie one because that's what she hates fake meat because it's too close. Well, there's like the fake real meat and the real fake meat, and we got test tube meat and like yeah. And she's like, she doesn't want to deal with it. She's just like, give me the one where I can see that it's corn and carrots and peas. Like that's what I want to see. Like I want to eat, know that I'm eating vegetables. I don't right, right. You get that good millet in there. Get you know, that oh yeah, no. Like it, yeah, but like she, she loves it. She'll eat it. Yeah, she's like, this feels great. Couscous. The way they cook it and everything. Yeah. So go Freddy's. Hashtag Freddy's. That is, and we are not sponsored by Freddy's. But if Freddy's they're decides mil- to sponsor us, we will. They're take ice it. cream. They're concrete. They're sta- oh, oh, their shakes are so good. They'll put everything in their shakes. You want friggin' like Butterfinger in your milkshake? They'll put it in there. They yeah, it's care. Dairy Queen uh, level customization. It's good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Good turn of phrase there, Pete. Yeah. All right. But let's get started before I get hungry. Because uh, <laughs> uh, I'm a I'm a big old fat boy. Uh, <laughs> no, we are. Is Big Bone still fly? I don't know. Where are we in the scientific community? I know body positivity now, but like, I kind of have small bones though. It's fat that's big. All right, um, I'm revealing but too yeah, much about so myself. But yeah, so for the trends of the, <laughs> the 90s, yeah, the 90s, because we did do a brief overview of the 80s, and we're going to be doing a brief overview of the 90s at this point. It's going to be a fun one. Yeah, and already and, is. And I just want to kind of catch everyone up to speed here. Uh, going forward, what's going to end up happening is we're going to have a, a brief overview of the rest of these decades here. We're going to be ending season one, and then after that, we're going to be dealing a variety format where we'll be doing deep dives into directors we'll be doing deep dives into subgenres, maybe like a particular film where we're like oh my god how did this movie even get made or how did this movie not get seen as as being important as it was at the time or something we'll be able to really hone in with our microscope here going forward but i'm gonna talk about maya darren for 10 hours yeah, well, that sounds great. We could do that as, a, as a, like a subathon on Twitch. That could be great. It would be like the Patton Oswalt Star Wars rant, but just on that. Do you remember the Kenny Powers button on Facebook? 
No. Where you just click it and you get the sound bites. I want that, but for like film trivia of, of, of us. That's egotistical. Well, it's it's not though because the premise of the show we want to bring this to people, and I'm thinking we're talking '90s here, right? We're yeah. talking Thai Beanie Babies. We're talking Furbies. Why not a, a Peter Furby and a Mark Furby, and we spout out? Well, the equivalent of that today would be like a pop Funko Pop uh, oh, figure. The, oh, they're so wasteful. But they're so cute. The plastics. They're so cute, and they'll last for a thousand years. That paint will never come off. Like, literally, it will look like that forever. You could pass that down to your children if you really genuinely didn't want to throw it's it in the so trash after three months. hilarious that you're speaking in a future tense. Like, there's actually... Oh, no, there's going to be a market for it because we're in the up. nightmare future of reality that that is Earth. Six, yeah, two, and six, it, T2 kind of looks like a utopian vision. Well, the alternate ending of the utopian vision, but like they made that go away because they wanted to have. Well, we've got to have at least a trilogy. Yeah, we've got to have opening for a sequel of whatever. Because I was saying I was on the ride at like five or six. Yeah. So what ended up happening is um, Universal wanted to ride for Terminator, and he's like, "Fine, you want a third one? The third one is the T3D, and that's technically the third one. They got the same." John Connor to come back, same Sarah Connor, everybody, all the original people are back. But it is a, it is a quote unquote 3D ride. It's just a 3D movie. It's a short film that kind of capstones the, what would have been the trilogy. But then you get T3 Rise of the Machines, and then you get um, Terminator Salvation, and Christian then, Bale. Well, actually, before that, you get the uh, actually is it before that that you get Sarah Connor Chronicles before Terminator Three, or is it after Terminator Three? I can't remember. I'm not sure. Well, I do remember about Salvation that more people remembered Christian Bale's on set blow up. Yeah, like, which is absolutely like that. That film actually is pretty decent um, for what it was. Yeah, Christian Bale, come on the pod, get your ass whooped. No, Woody don't Allen say too. that. No, don't. No, well, yeah, no, I would, I would totally whip Woody Allen's ass, but I wouldn't do that. If to he's Christian a man, Bale. he'll come try to. I, I have sympathy for a man with anger problems. Are we talking about Woody Allen? No, Christian Bale. <laughs> tell me, tell me, like me flipping out doesn't sound like that at least halfway. You don't have the uh, the the six shooter of accents going though, like he did. He was just firing he was off lost every accent. In, like so he was lost in his character. He really was. It was you could tell characters. because he was going in and out. He was of the dipping accent. out and in and out of Batman. And, yeah, no, he was actually like lost think, in the character. Uh, That's why I don't give him any. Like, was Newsies with the, the Newsies character manifest itself? I'm trying to think, of Christian Bale. No, um, no, that, I don't think that happened sun. because they didn't. Well, they didn't shoot that in Chicago, did they? Was that New York? Newsies is Chicago. Yeah, so it wasn't in Chicago. So I don't think that would have came up. It was in Gotham. Actually, no. Oh, Gotham is Chicago. He shoots that in Chicago. Right. Yeah. You know, it's a great 90s movie. Uh, early Christian Bale. Velvet Goldmine, which is an Iggy Pop, David yes, Bowie story that they with couldn't... with Ewan McGregor. Yes. I, I know that film very so well. So good. It's a Todd, Todd Haynes film. I watched that film because of you. You had mentioned that, and I went out and I searched oh. it. That was the first film you recommended to me. That was the first film I watched because of And you. Merry Christmas, uh, Mr. Lawrence. Yes. The, the Bowie. Uh, the that was an 80s one, but yeah. Yeah, no, that was... We, we, we talked all about that because that was the day Bowie died. Yeah. Oh, I don't oh, know That was I such laughed. a... Yeah, and we listened to Bowie in the back yeah, all Black, day. Black Star. Uh, which was all we listened. A it was the complete discography on iTunes that we listened to that day because they put it all up and it started with like then we started with Black Star. <gasps> that was when we were hacking the computer. With, yeah, uh, we hacked into the, the Matrix. We had Spot. I never heard of Spotify. <laughs> and you guys were like, there's a place you can go and you get any song. It's like free. And I was like, like yeah, yeah, it's Kazaa, called iTunes. Right? And you're like, no. LimeWire. <laughs> oh, um, you said LimeWire. That's yeah. right. Well, I told and I you. actually, what was funny is I brought up, I was like, to, funnily enough, though Spotify logo does kind of look like the LimeWire logo. It, yeah, the green. Um, I crashed two computers. Again, sorry, mom. This is just going to be a theme. I crashed two computers because mostly what I did on Kazaa was I would download like Allen Iverson and Stefan Marbury, Jason Williams, like dribbling uh, highlights. And I would try to mimic them in the house because we had hardwood. And, and you were going to be a, a star NBA player. You were gonna. Well, right, J. Cole got to live your fantasy because he went cans. to the Africa League and he's a part of the. Oh God, the Patriots. Who's this? J. Cole. <laughs> J. Will. No, J. Cole. J. Cole. The rapper. He dropped his album this weekend, the off season, and he had his NBA debut, or not NBA, but professional basketball debut. He was oh, where's he playing League. overseas? 
Yeah, Basketball Africa League. Interesting. Yeah, he's part of the Patriots. He's, yeah, all right, a little... Remember Air Up There? That was a 90s movie. Kevin Bacon, it's an imperialist project. He has to go teach. There was a ton of basketball, really, really great basketball films in the 90s. White Man Can't Jump with Woody Harrelson, oh Wesley Snipes. Do you know that's Stanley Kubrick's like favorite film? It's one of those really? things. Yeah, once you know... Yeah, it, he loved that movie. Because it. you know why he loved that movie? Because he had would a, never make it. He could never, never make, make it. it. That is a movie that he could never make. He never could make a female character like that. He tried and failed several times. He also, I mean, his characters usually cold husks of. Uh, yeah, no, of no. All of those characters are so full of life. But it's also a movie that feels very much like a riff off of Spike Lee. Like it just feels like it's just stealing blatantly I, from Spike Lee. We, like I, I think, thought it was Spike Lee for a while. I think the '90s is Spike Lee's decade. Yeah. If, if I agree. If, if you'll allow me, because he comes, 1989 is do the right thing. And if, Chief Film, if you did your homework, I said, you got to You listened right. last week, yeah. The, what was the pivotal moment, everybody? I, I hope I see that. The trash can. So oh, this is the trash can episode. The, I was the, I was just about to quiz everyone, and then you gave away the answer, like the <sighs> substitute teacher you are. God, you know, I... Yeah, you know what? Question 13's B. Let's get out of here 20 minutes early. Question 14B... <laughs> Question 15C. Question 16C. You did C twice, you lazy no, piece this of teacher. Subbing. You know what? I'm never subbing for this mother again. You know what? Just make C all the way down. It's C all the way down for this mother Do it. They would psych themselves out. Um, uh, but no, I would roll in and be like, I'd tell the principal, I'd be like, I know this is a 40-minute class, but uh, I need three hours because we're watching Malcolm X. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, you got to get permission slips signed and isn't that movie. No, Malcolm X is a masterpiece. It yes, might it be the finest film of the 90s. And that's just where Spike started because, I, I again, I, I feel like this is the era, and we're talking early 90s. Now, last week, we talked a little bit about some indie filmmakers and I don't think we mentioned it, but we had talked about it, how um, Robert De Niro, Robert Redford, um, oh, we, we probably brought it up, but they were the, the new wave guys who, in the yeah. 80s, were going corporate and stale. Yeah, yeah. They and wanted mentioned to, it right at the very end, how yeah, they were okay. starting the film festivals, and the like they were kind of giving back to the art schools and film schools that had kind of given them that purchase, like within the industry. Yeah, and I mean, Tarantino is, he gets all of the play. We're going to probably do, well, we're absolutely going to do an Artur episode on him, I, but... No, that's the one man we'll skip. We'll go, and, and sorry, we don't have time. <laughs> we don't have time this week for Quentin He'll be our Matt Damon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to leave We're gonna leave him out, but this is Spike Lee's decade. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Also, he, he, he directed music videos. He's got Naughty by Nature's Hip Hop Hooray, which is one of the greatest songs, and Arrested Development's Revolution. Uh, and that was how he spent 93. It's also around the time he started doing the Nike Jordan commercials. It's got to be the shoes, okay? He was rolling. Then he he rolls off Crooklyn, Clockers, which um, I think both oh, those films. Oh, I love that book. Clockers is my favorite. I actually am not a huge fan of the adaptation. I recommend that people see the book, though, because they need, you need to Price. watch the book and then – or not watch, watch the book. You need to read the book and then start watching – the wire because you'll see when that writer comes on the show you'll see the moment it comes on because they actually have scenes from clockers in the wire oh and you they just kind of transplant it yeah they're in their references to clockers but he didn't join the show until he got sober which is actually really really interesting but yeah so spike lee clockers in in, in crooklyn if i'm not mistaken at least at clockers is uh scorsese produced that executive and i think that's quite kite no that's why i was like so excited to see it and i was like oh it's just that doesn't feel right there's yeah. something off about it and i just think it was like you couldn't fully do that book justice in that era you could do it now I honestly, yeah, I didn't even know. I think they should come back together and like do like a version two of it on it's, HBO Max. That would be amazing. But well, I just feel like there was like there. I would uh, love the Spike Lee and Denzel to, to start getting uh, back together. Yeah, that because, was the, oh my yeah no that was fan that era of, of oh, those, the whole Harlem Renaissance era is just so fantastic. The music, the movies, the art is just all to oh my god, it's so good. It's well, and Spike, he he his documentary work is is just as impressive. Oh my God! He does four so little good. girls, which is about uh, the the famous civil civil rights era bombing in yeah. um, Alabama, Birmingham, 
Birmingham, yeah. Alabama. Yeah, it did. That's a tough one to watch. So and he got game, which is it's. Well, that's not a documentary, but. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, and <laughs> they do uh, nab uh, Jesus Shuttleworth is Ray Allen, which uh, yeah. is yeah, that's uh, that's like a little uh, kind of a neo realist move or something by Spike Lee because uh, Ray Allen definitely not an actor, but. They made it work in that movie, and uh, that might be my favorite of his. Yeah, and when that movie came out, I don't think maybe people don't realize it now, but that movie made such a big splash when that came out. Like I remember Mad TV skits about that movie. It was huge. It and SNL skits like making fun of He Got Game. Like it was, it was just in Living Color. Was in Living Color on at that time, or were they off the air? No, they were off the air. It was Mad TV at that point. That was early on. But there were a lot of people like actually just making fun of like the, how hard Denzel was in that movie. But like they had the Cheney Day was just around the corner. They had no idea how hard he could get. Yeah, and <laughs> it's that's like him playing around with being a bad guy. <laughs> in yeah, the and game. He, like those are the seeds of the Training Day character. It's it's such a great film about I mean father son stuff, um, but also recent. toxic masculinity, toxic which is coming masculinity. back up again. I think a lot of people should watch that again now with today's lens. You would see how it tackles toxic toxic masculinity. Well, and you mentioned the the biopics. I immediately thought of like Clint Eastwood's Bird about Charlie Parker. It's like okay, I get it. Clint Eastwood loves jazz, but like, is he the guy to make the Charlie Parker movie? Like, there was also. <laughs> This, like, white guys doing uh, a street movie type of trend. Um, which, yeah, I, I, Clint, come on the pod, Clint. No. Stop inviting people you want to yell at on the podcast. I don't want to yell at them, Pete. I want to whoop their ass. I'm hoping you help. All these people would destroy me. Well, Woody Allen, charges. come get your f***ing curb. <laughs> are you just, just going to start telling people to get their f***ing shine box next? <laughs> We're doing the 90s, baby. Yeah, good fellas. Get your f***ing shine back so you can come back. What is that? Sounds like the the leprechaun. (laughs) (laughs) That's why you hate horror because that was your first horror movie was leprechaun. uh, Look, if my first if my first foray into action was Last Action Hero, I think they were all (laughs) too. Wow. Yeah, I the nineties. There was there were so many detours that were problematic oh um, yeah no it was really was it, it felt it really feels like the first time when everyone was just throwing everything at the wall and going let's see what sticks because now we can do anything well and i mean the internet can... was becoming a thing people were getting aol discs in the meal mail every week for like ten thousand free hours so like everyone was online looking at stuff so now you had to make a website for space jam yeah and oh that's what we should do you have your computer in front of you. Look, go to spacejam.com. It's still active. Really? Oh no, they updated it. Now it's the new one. It's your chance to do the dance. It's the the vintage jam. one is gone. All right, all right, all right. Put your hands in the <laughs> <laughs> So for the longest time, spacejam.com, the, the old one from like early 90s was still the same that it was when it launched and it was amazing to look at it was like a time capsule but now with the new one they re they re-up the ip it's gone they just destroyed it i wonder if there's a way to go to the vintage one let's see because this is important this is part of your childhood oh this i mean this is and because we're going to talk about trends in a minute here i just want to know nope they kept it they kept it they kept it. They oh. knew what they were doing. They kept it, everyone. You have to go to spacejam.com slash 1996. Fear not, film nerds, G-Film Army. There's always it, it's a still bastion. There. Marcus, Aurelius, go to spacejam.com. <laughs> it's your chance to the dance. It's the space jam. Feel the grass in your hand as you walk towards the light. That is spacejam.com slash 1996. Is this going to be like, <laughs> dude, are you meat spinning me? No, spacejam.com. Oh, oh, because you don't have my internet. Oh, yeah, so we're both vaccinated. This is the first time we're recording together. We should actually be like, that should have been actually up front. Like, oh, hey, yay. Oh, yeah, we're in person, baby. Yeah, we just jumped right into the show like normal. And each other's arms. Uh, But we did at the same time. No, I didn't actually really. Well, he didn't. Well, he did take a shower before he came over, but it felt weird. But it's okay. <laughs> well, I, I I was about to run here. I I 
I'm not sure. That, yeah, I don't. I don't have the internet here. The X Files. You know, the first episode, the guy loses 15 minutes, 20 minutes, or something, and here. it's an extraterrestrial phenomenon. Here, just come um, over my computer. This is real radio. This is now we're doing it for real. Punch out, great Nintendo game. Yeah, I vaguely remember being on this site. They don't have shockwave platforms anymore. They don't have internet. Don't wow, isn't that crazy? But that actually just further goes to my point that that that's not a film that was a uh, an advertising uh, coup. Um, I'm I pay attention to this stuff, people. I might sound nutty, but um, pardon me while I crack open a fresh seltzer. That's for you, McElroy's. We can go at them, but I can't say f- Jeff Bezos. I'm not. I'm not asking them to come on the Bald. podcast, and you never said. Jeff Bezos. Say that all day long. I don't care. No, come on the pod. <laughs> Jeff Bezos. Come on, Jeffy. But there were uh, seriously a ton of franchise opportunities, too. Well, yeah, let me hit you with this quick uh, stat. $53 million was the budget of the average film by 1998. And Wait, so, what? Yeah, $53 million. Isn't that... And the first like movie that came to mind is like, so wait, uh, yeah, yeah, keep keep going, keep going. I'm gonna 1999, right? Like the Mummy, which was supposed to be. Uh, we always love talking about reiterations. That was like you know the new age Indiana Jones with uh, Brendan Fraser, who's enjoying a nice little uh, renaissance of his career nowadays. That's nice to see. Uh, he seems like a good guy. Uh, we applaud that here. Um, but you got a lot of those like historical fiction type epics. And they, they vary. Sometimes they have, like, the supernatural thing. But um, we're talking a lot of sand, a lot of dust, a lot of uh, big-name actors, you know, wearing a cowboy hat. Um, just going to hit you with some films. Uh, stop me if you get excited about any. We got uh, Tombstone, which uh, Doc Holliday, Val Kilmer, uh, it's, you know, um, you're a Huckleberry. It's one of the best scenes. I, I, I love that movie. Isn't that the movie that made him really sick? Yeah. he So he had to lose because it's uh, Doc Holliday's like dying of pneumonia and you know, and that's true to life. Uh, doctors tell him you gotta move out west. You know, the air will give you a couple extra years on your life. Well, he, he just is like a suicidal gunslinger at that point and uh, yeah, so that character needed to be so thin. He got gaunt for it. He's like one of these Christian Bale guys. Like he did the same thing. I mean, he is Jim Morrison, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Um, Just to interject real quick about the money before we lose it. Um, Fifty-three million in nineteen ninety-eight is the equivalent of eighty-five point five million today. Wow. So we're so, talking nearly a hundred million dollar budget. Yeah, but I mean, if you're looking at like some of these major budgets now, I mean, the Lord of the Rings series season one. Is four hundred and ninety million dollars. Well, I don't even know what that's not. Just for the first season of Lord of the Rings for Amazon, just streaming is four hundred and ninety million. So I, I don't mean, believe in that amount of money. Yeah, you can't like, convince that's insane. Me it's real. Yeah, so I mean, like this, this is a pro, like. So I mean, I'm seeing eighty five point five million uh, as the average price, and that looks about right. That's that looks insane. about right for around like a mid range. With high-profile actors Ooh, with and stuff that looks about the same, so I don't think that 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 percentage has actually changed that much. But it might have gotten actually higher. Maybe it might went up to ninety or ninety-five. But yeah, I I, I, I did double-check that number too. Um, it just yeah, it, it struck me as high, but I don't understand. No, 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 no. It makes a lot of sense because I mean, like, I mean, if we're looking just also, there's these other studios and companies that like really don't have any sense or scale of the entertainment industry. They're just like, yeah, just throw another 400 million at it and we'll see what happens like that's an insane amount of money like you get dances with wolves out of this kind of thinking right like what oh yeah no but they're able to really do amazing things with it they're able to like some of these guys like kevin costner was able to go on location and shoot with like live animals and do all that stuff uh he went to Waterworld. actually is that what we're just (laughs) yeah no he (laughs) shot the ice caps with flamethrowers that elon Um, musk gave it was a young elon musk it was a baby elon musk he went and, and handed him uh, what a flamethrower. <laughs> well, no, Waterworld was just supposed to be Mad Max on water. That's all it is. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, what do you? How do you explain the postman, then, Pete? What's that? Why, why does Tom Petty not have fingers on his gloves? Well, the postman is just really about. I, I think, uh, like, if we went full on, uh, what you call it, uh, post-apocalyptic America, like, the, like the United States was gone and everything, like. 
like these these institutions that the government has, like the mail and stuff, actually can kind of, of hold us together. And I think it was also supposed to be Mad Max with horses. It's it's actually a really nice sentiment. That's yeah. No, I yeah, I actually think that the postman he was really trying to have a, a decent message. I actually dug the postman when I was a kid. That I was remember... one of the movies. I remember Ford Lincoln Mercury. I remember that dude. I remember how sad I felt when Ford Lincoln Mercury got shot. What about the Costner Robin Hood? There's there's a lot of motion. No, up he didn't now. even try to do an act. Well, he did try to do an accent. But, like, but. why was that man in tight? Wasn't he, like, 45 already? Not saying 45-year-old dudes can't wear tights. Rocket, baby. But it just seemed like... If you're the- Chris Helmsworth, do it all day long. Who's that? Chris Helmsworth. Once he, when he's 45, he'll be able oh, to... Oh, Hemsworth. When he's 60, he'll be able to do it. Um, yeah, a lot of people say that about me, but I'm, I try to stay humble. Um, well, well, yeah, no, but I mean, you have a good <laughs> diet for the most part. Yeah, it's yeah. 85% the, diet. Um, it yeah. used to be 80, now it's 85. Right. <laughs> percentage of meals eaten at freddy's now i actually don't even really eat fast food um <laughs> we last of the Liar. mohicans is one of these films schindler's list um oh my god no we have to talk about schindler's list for a second the use of color in that film is so fantastic yeah the i mean the red dress the yeah rumblefish does this uh spielberg's buddy coppola in like 82 whatever that movie is um, yeah and I, I but i mean i i, I really dug that was really his passion project. I think that's his artistic art, like historic film. Like this, that is that is his passion. Everything he did that in the Outsiders, right back to back, kind of a, a teenage, angsty gang land tales. Dennis Hopper's in one of those films. He's fantastic as a alcoholic father. I always confuse him. Mm-hmm. Schindler's List, yeah, the that that won a bunch of Oscars, right? It's, oh yeah, no, yeah, Liam Neeson's fantastic in it. Isn't Liam Neeson? Yeah, yeah. Um, Ralph Fiennes is in that. Yes. Um, yeah, and that I mean Spielberg. I mean, he also had Jurassic Park the same year, which is one of the craziest things to think of. Oh he, my god! He talks that. about going back and forth and editing uh, Jurassic Park while filming. Uh, yeah, Schindler's List during the day, and talks about how that you want know, to talk about cognitive dissonance. It's like <laughs> he couldn't even take himself. It's the same seriously. cognitive dissonance that probably the Glee writers had when they started writing American Horror Story. That might have been weird, like. Because you're going from this very hard-hitting passion project to, like, a blockbuster movie, like, to get seats, butts in the seats and and sell popcorn. And, like, it's this crazy... um, And tickets to... Yeah, yeah, special effects, like, masterpiece. Like, that is a causative distance that uh, it's got to be crazy. I I do think it's got to be crazy. But uh, probably only the Glee writers would know. Yeah, I, I had no idea. My uh, my wife Jackie loves loves the Ryan Murphy, right? It's his name. Um, she loves those shows. Um, so I like I'll be in the room sometimes, and they're on, and, and they seem interesting. And I actually noticed, uh, actually she noticed when we were watching Knives Out recently that it that seemed to adopt the tone of a, a Ryan Murphy thing, or at least adopted oh. the tone to mock it a bit. It was it's kind of it's it's it's, it's own little pocket. <laughs> think murphy has going on um we also have a there was a lot of a black cinema uh that that was able to break through uh yeah the 90s uh it, it, it we we saw black black exploitation films throughout the 60s 70s and 80s um, but you do get like uh at least some social justice minded pieces right like you get colors out of this with sean penn oh that's you, a good point yeah you that, do get uh boys in the hood yeah, uh, Juice, Mass Society. Uh, oh, The Wood. Yeah, so I mean, like, there are these other... Friday, uh, of yeah, course. Yeah, where Spike Lee is very New York, uh, you start seeing kind of... Just like there's the East Side, West Side kind of dichotomy within hip-hop, you start seeing that within the film community in a way, where, like, there's a lot of these hard-hitting gangster films that are coming out of the West Coast, where you have, like, Ice Cube, like, on set, like with a like just acting like himself right and it's and it's it is very like cinema veritas but with like these up-and-coming rappers going like no this is how i live like this happened like last week (laughs) right yeah and i mean he was like yeah writing these films uh basically um yeah it's i mean and you gotta think culturally i mean i (laughs) the inner city crime thing seemed to be a huge problem when i was a kid but 
I mean, I live in the suburbs. So, uh, I don't know. Everyone seems afraid of it. Yeah, I but, think it was more the news that was really talking about yeah, it. Yeah, it was baiting it. Um, yeah, and also it was like the flavor of, you know, like everyone, everyone was coming out trying to be the biggest gangster rapper. I mean, Chris Rock did his first big feature film was making fun of all that, right? Right. Uh, what is that? C- CB4? Yeah, CB4. Yeah, they were all just suburban one kids and they're like oh no we're gonna start this rap group and be like hard-headed gangster rappers but no there there was a whole i mean there is fronting you know <laughs> in 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 hip-hop i mean it's in every industry but um i was recently watching that uh the the dre show with jimmy iovine uh it was like a beats ad commercial and they made it like three four years ago um and they were talking about how like their partnership came together but i mean like i said it was basically an advertisement for the two of them but that was what made uh dre the first black billionaire um was when he sold that to apple and i mean he launched that in 85 with yeah ice cube and and nwa and so it's pretty wild that he's one of the most powerful people in in hollywood and yeah you 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 unfortunately don't see that a lot uh black cinema gets kind of snubbed um, you know, at award season comes around, um, and we are seeing more films recognized, but it's, you know, Oscar's still white. That ain't a lie. We also, uh, this is the age we, we touched on a little bit, but you get this disaster film resurgence, right? Oh, These big... Robert Zemeckis has a heyday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, this uh, is Roland his era Emmerich. too. Uh, we... him and Michael Bay. Yeah. There was these... Oh, you like uh, big explosions? Let me show you what I can do to the White House with a UFO. <laughs> right. All right. Yeah, Alcatraz, right? You get the rock. It, it, Welcome to the rock. The Con Air, Air Force One. Let it, the bu- uh, put the bunny down. <laughs> it's so many weird accents in that movie. Uh, Twister is in here. We got cows. <laughs> and uh, The Fugitive, if I didn't say that. I didn't do it! <laughs> I don't care! It's such a badass line, uh, although I do not side with law enforcement in most cases. So, um, In Titanic! <laughs> um, which is a film we'll be talking about next week. Um, oh, I thought you were going to draw me. <laughs> it's the first time we're together, like in person, in so long. Pete, you don't know, but I'm... Um, I way. rented all this costume jewelry from a store in Paoli. <laughs> Your French accent was. Oh yeah, it was absolutely terrible. I could no. I'm so sorry. Thanks for the cigarettes, though. Uh, But yeah, so Titanic. I mean, like I said, we'll get to that next week because we're gonna, like we said, we're having fun this week. Next week, we're gonna touch the 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 end of the '90s, the uh, the pride before the fall, I believe you called it, Pete. And and Titanic's gonna be one of those films. But obviously, these big blockbusters, they. They, they're a continuation of this corporatization of, of the film industry in the 80s. And, I mean, it just keeps chugging in the 90s. And these mm-hmm. movies, Mission Impossible, how do I miss that? Um, and and it's, they just, they're selling spectacle. Yeah, it, it's like, look how big we can make this. Right, with, with this technology that is year over year getting better and better. And, like, if a movie gets shelved for a year and then released, you can tell that it has two years ago's effects. Mm-hmm. And that's going to affect it at the box office. And so you get, I mean, I'm going to say it's kind of a, an arms race with these with these studios. I mean, you get the famous Armageddon, Deep Impact, right? Same weekend, same film. One of them's, yeah, blowing the thing up in space. The other, they got to drill into the earth. Or is that the core? Thinking of the core. It's yeah. Deep Impact no, and Armageddon. Armageddon but... actually, uh, I think people are looking back on that now with a little bit more reverence and importance because there were so many films trying to nail Armageddon, like but they it. couldn't get there because armageddon is a very particular michael bay film i think that's his magna opus is, is armageddon close my eyes. you know that song aerosmith oh yeah that was the <laughs> that was one of the songs pete uh, have you heard of prom. aerosmith mm-hmm. junior <laughs> prom that was the song oh uh is jaded on that soundtrack maybe Liv tyler's in it so it could be anything yeah well and you get the the, the ben affleck with he just, the, the, daddy could you let me license this for this movie please and make up for all that time you spent on the road yeah yeah i'm sorry <laughs> can can we talk about one blockbuster disaster film real quick yeah 
Cliffhanger. Oh, so yeah. when I was very young, it says I love Cliffhanger. It's so good. And so I saw this movie before I knew what a Rambo was, what a Rocky was. I was young. Dude, uh, this is when Stallone's character was I'm Stallone. Yeah, it was. Yeah, totally. It's just it's him in a different colored tank top with like yeah a different kind of gun. And he so have a gun in Cliffhanger. Well, no, but uh, he I'm he's going to save the day. Um, but so I saw this film and I loved it. And so, um, and I actually have memories of this and my mom will confirm it, but I, I used to tie rope from, uh, the two door handle closets in, in, in our playroom. And I would shimmy across it trying to reenact a cliffhanger because I, this is another thing. I was like, I'm going to be a cliffhanger. Like, that's the job. Like, that's me. And, but, and I'll never forget the glove in the beginning, right? He's going to save her. And then like the glove slips and it's like. Wow, man, how arbitrary can life be? And that just like you're four or five, you know. And I'm lucky, like, my, my dad had this friend, he was a cable guy, which I, I love the movie Cable Guy because he, he was just wait, like wait, this. Wait, 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 wait a second. How old were you? Uh, in the night, yeah, is this when, like when, four, when you saw Cliffhanger and had this realization that life is so arbitrary? Oh, yeah, well, and I mean, well, I was already pretty sure uh catholicism wasn't for me at this how age. How old were you? Four or five. I oh, was okay, so. I didn't know a lot, but I also, I used to think a lot. I was weird and twitchy. A lot of people didn't really. Well, no, it's like, it's like you and David Lynch came to the same realization at the same age. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just like, see how long we can ride this out. Um, it's, oh, a, it's a blast. It can just end like that? Well, then <laughs> I guess everything's the, pointless. The, the glove, man. A little stick em, Um, I mean, a grappling hook. I remember the first time when I my, when I was a kid, my dad you said, see, I saw that and was like, oh, that's creative. <laughs> I wanted to I go up. how many other ways he could kill people. <laughs> <laughs> well, <clears throat> that's kinda, the difference it's between like a, a someone with a pop action sensibility and someone who's like deep down truly an artist. Well, like, what are... like, I, I do feel like you genuinely love really hard hitting, independent think piece or kind of art. And oh, like to sure. an extent, I do like it, but I have to be in a particular mindset in a particular place to really enjoy it. You know what I mean? And I have to be, you know, ready to study it. Like you actively seek that experience out. Yeah, it's not something that I actively experience. I, I'm like when I go to see a movie, it's either because my kids want me to see it for the millionth time, the kids want me to see it for the first time, or I finally force my wife to sit down to watch something with me. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah, you have to trade. Yeah, Where it's Saturday's like, please, I've movie. been begging you yes. to see this movie. And and there are like certain films where she's like, no, I will never watch them with you. you yeah, know? but it, like, her, but her thing is, she's got a lot more pop sensibility than I do. Like, she loves the Fast and the Furious movies. Oh, she absolutely loves them. And see, we we'll get in them a couple weeks because they're early two thousands. But I mean, they're just basically uh, point blank with cars or point breaks. Sorry, yeah. Catherine Bigelow's Point Blank. Yeah, I break. think Point Blank is a, uh, Gross Point Blank is a, a film I would probably really love. <laughs> I love, that is a 90s film. Uh, yeah, John Cusack and Dan Aykroyd. Um, yeah. Warring uh, Chicago-based uh, hitmen. During um, a high school reunion. What a, uh, Yeah, that's totally right up your alley. <laughs> one of the best lines in, in 90s cinema, uh, cinema is when John Cusack, he rolls up on his childhood house, which is now like a convenience store, and he says, can't go home, but you can get a Slurpee there or something. <laughs> and it's like, that was a 90s sentiment, um, like through and through. And I mean, you mentioned these like think piece type of movies. That was kind of one of them. Um, they're like this anti-corporate, like just rebelling, um, mm -hmm. you know, like, uh, dude, I don't care. Go ahead. Implement the corporate takeover. My jeans have holes. Yeah, on, it feels like a lot of it is kind of just let's just rebel against everything. PCU is a, a college comedy oh, that comments Jeremy on this Pittman. really, really well. At the very end, I'll spoil it for everyone because the movie is very old. And um, um, it's right Jeremy, the end like, Jeremy Piven is a creep. Yeah. In real life. Okay. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That's why they canceled uh, The Wisdom of the Crowd, which is a show that is real, and I couldn't believe it because that was the worst title. I didn't even... I even, this is all This is all new to me. I have it's, no I idea what you're talking about. like my brain, but it soaks these things up for some reason, and yes. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, whatever. Jeremy Piven. That's amazing. Come on the book. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize it was starting a podcast.
and Jake Paul. <laughs> I would get my ass kicked so quick. I'll fight you for a million dollars and then I'll blow it on Pokemon cards. I don't know anything about Pokemon. But yeah, no, there was a lot of like, there was the anti-corporate thing. There was the, but it was aimless. It was just, let's yeah. just fight everything because it's bad. Like, it's... I remember the Do the Evolution music video Pearl Jam did, which I actually really, really love. And it, the the guy who animated that's the same guy who drew Spawn, I think. I'm oh, pretty sure. His... And just real quick, because we're talking films here like, what, like Slackers, Singles, Reality Bites. Empire Records, Clerks, Small Rats. Yeah, they okay. all this kind of like, let's just... Like, like rebel by like kind of doing like sleep ins right. and stuff or like not really conforming and then eventually they all just gave up and conformed because that's just the way society is and there wasn't really like any fighting about oh pcu that's what we were talking about with jeremy piven and then you went on that rant and then i went on a rant and oh. then we just went down this rabbit hole but jerry piven of pcu at the very end he's talking about uh the how we're not going to protest and we're not going to protest we're not going to protest and they start a protest about not protesting that's the end of pceo that's what like and it starts this giant thing that ruins the whole thing and blah 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 is is that but, like some gun kind of taking a back yeah that's like it's but it's it, it it's really to me that's a statement on like that's really what the 90s were about like they were just about like we're just going to rebel because it's fun to rebel like it's fun to do that right now signifiers yeah and you didn't have the twitter there were very few people that were genuinely doing it like like fugazi was genuinely doing it like they wouldn't sell a ticket over a certain dollar amount Is, because that wasn't fair was rage against the machine as as like woke as they as they present themselves? I think personally they are, but I think they saw the opportunity to take so weird. corporate like, money and do everything with it. They're one of the biggest bands of the 90s. They are like... A, a, yeah, like, but it's really... Yeah, but I mean, stable. like, there there were, like, commenters of, like, like journalists at Rolling Stone were saying, like, it really wasn't talking about anything. And then, to be fair, like, the Battle of Los Angeles is probably one of their more focused records where they have, like, a lot more, like, focus on what they're rebelling against, specifically. Like, when you hear, like, Maria, it's about human trafficking. Uh, Voice of the wow. Voiceless is about, like, invisible children. Like Yeah, and you're not getting pop songs like No, that. no, no. There, there, there are there, but, like, all of the times... Oh, that was my phone. I'm oh, sorry. How professional of me. Uh, there was uh, a lot of the music videos and stuff at the time, though, were just saying that it didn't matter if you voted for Bush or Gore. Like, they were both the same person. But... I think looking back, we can easily see that they weren't. I mean, like they were, they performed their Battle of Los Angeles in front of the uh, Democratic National Convention. Yeah, I not in front of the Republican National Convention. Like, those like, guys, Ralph. Nader they were was the fighting choice. against the Clinton administration. They didn't want Gore to be in because he was perpetuating all the shadow wars. That's what they thought, and that's I mean, arguably that's what he was doing. So it was either we were going to have shadow wars or we were going to, you know. Pretend they weren't there and then get hit. <laughs> yeah, but George Bush actually never won presidency either. No, time. he did. No, it changed. It changed like election laws to make him win. It was uh -huh. ridiculous. He's a pipsqueak. George Bush. Come yeah. on, the podcast. George Bush was a war criminal. Come on the podcast. Bring Ellen. <laughs> <laughs> no, come on and, and speed paint a Bob Ross thing in front of me and see how good of a painter you are. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. We're not telling people to come on the podcast. It's not happening. We're not going to fight people on this podcast. I will say it with the reverberation of this room that is cathedral-like. <laughs> George H.W. Bush, get out your great, get out of the grave. He's no. Come see me. God damn it! Of all the people, not Nixon. He killed JFK. <laughs> I think so. No, seriously, he might have. Um, I'm yeah. We're just. <laughs> We said we we're going to have some fun. This is a 90s episode. Baby. See, okay, can we talk real quick? Because I did mention X-Files. Conspiracies, right? Yeah. That was huge. I was a I remember when the X-Files movie came out. That was huge. I, the yeah, X-Files movie was huge. I just, I wasn't, I don't know if I wasn't allowed to watch it. I just, it was. Oh, no, we went. Were, were you? Of course we went. Oh, yeah. No, I saw like Alien Minette? at 8. I, I saw T2 at 4. Of course we went. They, there was no concept of censorship. X-Files with the lights off? No, not with the lights off. That wasn't insane. I was trying to do that. What's the song? Something. It's all about value. 
Oh no, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm not good at music. Uh, <laughs> it's not Macy, not Marcy's Playground. You sound like an Amco commercial. Mm. Like you're trying to make noises with your car. <laughs> it's making this like noise. Like, oh, you need an oil filter. Um, we're actually, we're taking a cue from uh, last week. We learned a lot about ILM and how Lucas yeah. and... Uh, and Ben Burt got that uh, sound library going, and I just figured, let's we're yeah, doing let's a little bit. Going. We got the let's ASMR, go. we got sound effects. I'm great at uh, at uh, accents. Everyone's been telling me that. Yeah. Um, no, you're fantastic at it. <laughs> yeah. You do a great French accent. <laughs> Ooh, uh, oui, oui. Better Bo- than me. <laughs> Bonjour, je m'appelle Marc. Yeah, see, that's so much better than me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's literally all I remember from like 10th grade. Uh, oh, so we we talked about black filmmakers. I did want to talk about um, Asian breakthroughs in cinema. There was a big breakthrough just in terms of like Peking opera, which is a whole which is a whole subgenre where we could do an episode about. Oh, yeah, because I'm I've heard it the term from you, um, and I would love. But to that's know where about like Jet Li gets his start. Jackie Chan gets his start. Oh my God, there's so many. And then you also get like kind of spinning off of Peking opera. You get John Woo creating his own subgenre, Gun Phil. God, okay, and this is like and that's kind where of John, the, that's hard John boiled Wick. is really the movie that starts it, and that's with Chow Young Fat. Um, and John Wick kind of adopts, yeah. This. But Chow Young Fat is also from the Peking Opera area. Like the um, he he did a, a a couple of films like that. Eventually, I mean, you 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 know of one, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Oh yeah, that Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is is a Peking Opera film. Okay. So you, it's a very very fine fine art version. It's 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 one that gives fantastic. a lot of reverence to this subgenre, that like for the most part is just like referenced in like Wu Tang Clan songs up until this point. Shine like soul, like baby. really like people really weren't looking at Peking Opera until like The Matrix got big and people looked at Gun Fu and then and I mean, Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon comes out and goes no this is where it all came from and then. We're like, oh, and then people start digging back into like well, Jet Li's back catalog of the legend but, films and I mean, stuff. We, but I already knew all. What those about Rush Hour? I was the first one because I'm a real millennial and I know all. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Fist of Legend before anybody. Uh, I remember. No, I didn't. Um, <laughs> no, there were plenty of people that saw it before me. No, but, but yeah, I mean, like, like Rush was, Hour. Is, Rush Hour was no, no. But that, that was, was like Brett an Ratner being the an exploitative dick. Oh. I hate Brett Ratner. Yeah, him and uh, we talked about him. Alec Baldwin's best friend, James Toback. Oh yeah, they're fun. <laughs> um, I'm not even gonna say it, but open offer. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna say it, but it's really fucking <laughs> you know what I want to say. <laughs> uh, I just I watched Rocky last night. I watched it with Jackie. I can do it. I can do it right now. Dude, so much of that movie tracks with like, yeah, just growing up with, with, just with family from like Conchahawken. Uh Yeah, my father-in-law. Um, yeah, he he has this this amiability of Rocky. Yeah, but Stallone. I mean, color. talking about cliffhanger and Rocky and stuff. I mean, the nineties are his heyday too. He's got yeah, oh, he, man. He pushed through. I mean, he so he Judge gets big Dredd, in the first Judge Dredd with Rob Schneider when he was still a person that was bankable. Wow, was you know he? what? You know how I was? I was on Rob. Sh- I was looking at Rob Schneider today because for the Instagram, I'm trying to get a Surf Ninjas p- picture, and Rob Schneider's in that movie, and it it just shook me. Tone Loke's in it. Tone Loke's in Judge Tone Dredd. Tone Loke. He's like the cop. He he has to like <gasps> swallow that. You're right. Key and he regurgitates it. Um, Funky Cold Medina is a jam. Um, mm-hmm. He's also in Blind Check. Tone Loke is, which is a great '90s film. It's probably why I'm so bad. Is that at, with like, Damon Wayans? It, no, it blank checks this like little kid, and he like oh. his bike gets bumped in a parking lot. So this it's rich like a guy, rich fantasy. Yeah, it almost feels like a Disney movie. I, it Is might it be. Disney? It yeah, might be a Disney. It, movie. If not, it's yeah, Schmizny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which is um, kind of what we talked about like the, the the vhs market really just perpetuates itself even more during this period yeah oh and yeah you're this is like you you get these markets and we talked about them um before but like yeah they're just they're cashing in they're trying to do um i mean we get spoof films this is what like scary movie starts getting yeah. uh that that's the wayans brothers right they, they yeah they start doing they, they really start their spoofing with like um menace. what was it menace's not menace to society. It's don't it's, be a menace. Uh, in, 
in South Central when you're drinking juice in the hood. Yes. And at the wow. time, it was the Guinness World Record holder for the longest movie title officially of all time. Really? Yeah, What's it held it for quite some time. Oh. It's like thirteen or fourteen words long. Yeah, it was. It was legitimately Dude. on purpose. It was, it was to make fun Every- of like how crazy these titles were getting. I have like. 35 word titles for these episodes i don't know where that fact no they don't fact well they well because no one cares about us that's why and when they care about us we'll get a record yo film academy (laughs) (laughs) new york film academy (laughs) um i know you're in uptown let's let's (laughs) hang out no i'm not new york yet um maybe one day and (laughs) one Uh, can dream that i'll be on these streets uh, As I have this Annie music fantasy of being in New York and it ends up like that mouse in America. <laughs> Do you remember Mousetrap? The Nathan Lane movie from the 90s? I remember The Birdcage with Nathan Lane. That's my favorite Nathan oh, Lane film. with Ron That's Williams. a Michael Mike Nichols film and the graduate director. Really? Yeah. He, that was yeah, my first Mike Nichols film then was The Birdcage. I absolutely love Birdcage. I thought that was a fantastic adaptation of the play. When I read the play, I was like, oh my God, what a great adaptation. That this was, I love that whole third act. The whole fir- the two first two thirds of that movie is just setting up how awkward this family is, and then the whole third act is just a dinner scene that just goes berserk. Oh my, it's my favorite comedy of all time. Yeah, like I've, I've 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 watched that comedy more than any other comedy on the planet. I don't know why I love it so much. I see, just do. That's for me is Dumb and Dumber was the movie of the nineties. Uh, me and my brother must have seen that a thousand times. Yeah, you see, you see, this is the thing. Like, this is where these odd instances of like, uh, of bizarro world things happen. Where like, I should be the one that likes Dumb and Dumber, and you should be the one that likes Birdcage. <laughs> yeah, um, but I'm sitting here like, you know, I just love every bit of it. Yeah, and I. I but Dumb and Dumber, like, it's funny for what it is. Oh but I just God. can't get past like when it's all like body humor stuff and like poop jokes, Jim and jokes, and all that. <laughs> I can't deal with it. So Jim Carrey rips off like the the what is it Ace Ventura Ace Ventura Dumb and Dumber and the Mask like consecutively. It might oh, yeah, all no, be he was a big franchise guy at the time until Man in the Moon, um, which is that's a Milos Forman or Man film. on the Moon. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, I remember. And so this was another one I watched as a kid because I, I don't even think I finished the story. My dad had this friend. He was a cable guy, and so we had the. If, if oh my you, god! Are you going to try to finish a story from 45 minutes ago? I am. <laughs> I am, baby. <laughs> G-Film, we connect uh, dots here. Okay. Um, but yeah, so we had like that free cable box where like pay-per-view um, and all the high-end channels are free. So like I remember we used it like for, for boxing matches. My uh, grandfather would always come over. I remember watching uh, Tyson bite Holyfield's ear off. Um, I was just excited to be staying up late, but that was pretty cool. And I do remember, yeah, films like Double Jeopardy were on that channel. I love Double, Double Jeopardy. Jeopardy. Ashley Judd. Come on. I remember God. how many times I watched Shawshank Redemption <laughs> on TNT. It's yeah, and it. I mean, is that a real thing? That like the murder thing? Because like, again, I learned yes. economics the, the, well, from. I mean, there's legal loopholes, I'm sure, if there was actual evidence of other things happening. I'm sure they would make an exception. They wouldn't just blatantly ignore things. I think it's a it's a fun little project movie uh, that was trying to capitalize on thrillers that, like... Because there were a lot of really big 90s thrillers that kind of had that flavor of, like, that really dark lighting from film noir, from German Expressionism, but, like, even darker. Like, it was it wasn't as, like... Stark. It was more. Uh, I don't want to say faded, but blurred. Like you know how insomnia looks. Yeah, yeah. Like it's like that. Like I feel like a lot of them tried to capture that, and really, like the pinnacle for that for me is actually Michael Douglas's The Game. Michael oh, Douglas, Sean Penn. That's the to Fincher me, film from. Dude, that is a yeah. I, th- I that is a very that that, that is an that might be movie. a two thousands film. Could that have been two thousands? Let's look it up. Let's look it up. Fincher's definitely going to be one we're going to have to do in our tour because, and we'll get to him. Yeah, David Fincher, come on the show. Yeah, (laughs) go. Fincher. We're just assembling a crew of people. Well, I like Fincher. 1997. Oh, wow. Yes. So does Fincher have seven in 97 as well? I think seven is 96. 95. And then Fight Club is 99. Yeah. So he does he does 7, The Game, Fight Club. Wow, that's a nice 
That's it's nice. kind of his first three, right? If you don't count Aliens three, I'm trying to think. I count Aliens three because you know what? I like. I, I mean, for 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 what the problems are for Alien three, which by the way, that was one of the films I asked to go see, and my mom said no, and good for her because she would have totally ruined the Alien franchise for me if that happened. <laughs> not to mention your. That's not Fincher's fault. That movie isn't Fincher's fault. That that movie is like there's so many things that went wrong with it, and there's um, uh, oh god, what's his name? Chris Schumer Stockman. Uh, he's this great guy on YouTube. He does uh, all these movie reviews and like uh, like deep cuts of all these different things. He's, he's he's fantastic. I love him. I think that he has this whole thing on Alien Three. Yes, he does. He has this whole thing on Alien Three. Uh, check it out because uh, you see all the different like ways that it could have been. Like that it was going to be this other comment on the Cold War and like Russia was going to be involved and that there was this Russian communist mega corporation. But mm. like that. F- film kept falling through because you can't have mega corporations in a communist government right because it's, it's inherently a capitalist thing so why would you that would russia mean also wouldn't have been communist russia would have went anymore what in the 90s the wall went down in like 91 or whatever so yeah so like they were like but like that's how long aliens 3 was in development right yeah that's the the perils of uh franchise. yeah like there was going to be like this whole like russia subplot of like them trying to get the xenomorphs and it was going to be on this russian space station and like all this other crazy it, it was intense uh but yeah go check out that video it, it, it's great but it's not fincher's fault and there are seeds of what fincher will go on to do in seven and in his later work, that's just great to see because this is really his first chance to show in a film format what he's capable of doing. Yeah, and he does do that to an extent. Like you, you can see the visuals and the lighting and like what he chooses to keep in is very much Fincher. He was coming from TV ads, right? The Nike commercials. Um, yeah, and it's weird that like he didn't, in a way, know how to like maneuver through that. But that's something that, like I said, we could, or like you said, not I said, I'm not going to steal that from you. Uh, that this is we a go joint into. brain. And what? G film. We have a joint brain. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. What number am I thinking of? 17. 88. You were so far away. <laughs> well, I mean, it depends on what scales we're talking. Um, uh, if it's odds and evens, you're wrong. If it's but what if we're talking 10, about like. Wrong infinitesimal amounts of atoms and particles in the universe then you're like way off because we're going 17 and 80 smaller you get the larger that scale of difference gets we have to get we have to zoom out not in you know how a camera works you're the photographer (laughs) right or is that a lie too mark (laughs) is your instagram staged i yeah are you just the, are you trying to do this influencer Dude, thing? Is that it now? They they were the Polaroids that like came with it. Do I you just, go to an IKEA and pretend you're in Thailand checking into a hotel? Oh, uh, <laughs> dude. It, yeah, if you bring a cup of water um and you just go into if one of the showers. If you keep saying water, no one's ever going to sponsor you. <laughs> well, brought to you by Aquafina. It's the best water around. Can <laughs> <Could> you please <laughs> say our, our our name right it's 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 water yeah that's what i said i said water it's water it's water you get it from the crick right yeah, it's it's from the crick or is it, you get this from the turlet <laughs> oh i'm sorry uh uh we're in we're in delco right yeah also known as the schuylkill river <laughs> <laughs>